0: Welcome to the Public Diplocast, a podcast from CPD, the USC Center on Public Diplomacy. This episode features a talk by Emily Metzgar, CPD Research Fellow and Associate Professor at Indiana University, where CPD co-hosted an event on why public diplomacy matters on the Korean Peninsula. Emily discussed the critical importance of public diplomacy in denuclearization and establishing long-term peace in the region. Here's what she had to say.
1: definitions of public diplomacy are famously amorphous. Some argue it's about engaging publics, whether it's for the short, medium, or long term. Others argue it's about state-sponsored news, international exchanges, other kinds of uh, ways to engage publics. Others suggest public diplomacy is actually about the conduct of diplomacy in public. So which one is it? In the context of public diplomacy, and on the Korean Peninsula at least, I think the answer is Yes. Um, Public diplomacy is integral to ongoing discussions intended to arrive at the policy goal of denuclearization in this um, troubled region. And East Asia really is a tricky neighborhood. There's a lot of volatility, territorial disputes, um, border issues, domestic tensions within countries. But there's a lot of interdependence, too. Massive trade flows, current tariff disputes notwithstanding, Um, High levels of state and non-state actor engagement and soft power generating activities, including international exchanges. Still, there's a lot of uncertainty with China's presence being the elephant in every room. And questions about American commitment to the region, questions that predated the current administration. And on the Korean Peninsula, an unpredictable regime armed with nuclear weapons doesn't contribute stability either. In the lead-in to the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang earlier this year, South Korea's Blue House announced that President Moon Jae-in planned to use his bilateral meetings with leaders visiting for the Olympics to explain the urgent need for peace and stability on the Korean Peninsula. One need only have visited the DMZ for visible signs of the need for peace and stability but the series of famously heated tweets between President Trump and the North Korean leader that promised fire and fury almost certainly contributed to Moon's sense of urgency. And yet, just two months after Moon's Olympic round of sports diplomacy came the inter-Korean summit in Panmunjom, followed by President Trump's meeting with Kim Jong-un in Singapore a few months after that, Moon Jae-in met with Kim Jong-un again in mid-September in Pyongyang and fresh off his fourth visit to Pyongyang this year U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo suggested that Trump and Kim would be meeting again soon. Heads of state summits are typically the classic pseudo-event. They usually cap off months or even years of careful negotiations about everything from policy issues to who's going to sit where when the cameras roll at the actual summit. As others have observed, summits are carefully, carefully choreographed, they follow prepared scripts, and very little is left to chance. But this recent flurry of summits has broken that mold. Publics and the media have been riveted, skeptical, perhaps, but highly attentive. And who isn't in favor of reduced tensions, denuclearization, and even a long overdue peace treaty? In 2001, Foreign Affairs published a piece declaring, globalization and the media revolution have made each state more aware of itself, its image, and its reputation. I would add that globalization and the media revolution have also made publics more aware of their governments, their leaders, and the activities in which those leaders are engaged on on those publics' behalf. And here, we come to the intersection of diplomacy carried out in public and the engagement of publics in that diplomacy. What is the role for the public as leaders in the US, South Korea, and elsewhere look for ways to bring this peace and stability that Moon spoke of to the Korean Peninsula? How important is it for various publics to support, let alone be engaged in, efforts to bring peace and stability to the peninsula? Do we even know if the various publics support these efforts? Given the controlled environment of North Korea, It's difficult to know how its people feel about this flurry of diplomatic activity that has led to widely covered negotiations and images that would have seemed implausible less than a year ago. But we can imagine that those in the North who have had the chance to see loved ones from whom they've been separated for decades certainly have embraced the opportunities that have made these reunions possible. And we can be assured that they are receiving reports of these summits in ways that are delicately framed to reinforce the carefully crafted image of the benevolent Supreme Leader.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Public Diplocast, produced by CPD, the world's leading research and training center in the field of public diplomacy. I'm your host, Lisa Rao. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Public Diplomacy, and make sure to find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Stay tuned for more episodes featuring the best of CPD's forward-looking thinkers. See you next time.